So we are starting a brand new series today. One thing that I have learned about how Jesus operates is his way is usually directly opposite than the ways that we've been taught. I call this the upside down kingdom. Uh, for example, we've heard that if you want to be great, that you have to work really hard and maybe step on a few backs as you climb the ladder and, and go and get what's yours. So Jesus said, if you want to be great, you have to serve and be a servant. The upside down kingdom. Jesus said, if you want to receive, you have to give. Sounds opposite. The upside down kingdom. Jesus said, if you want to live, if you really want to live, you have to die to yourself in order to live. So if you want to live, you have to die. The upside down kingdom. So we're going to look at the way, I, I, we're going to look at the way of Jesus and the way he taught us how to live. So we're going to start out first with a question. Do you ever feel like your life isn't, ju it's just not quite working. Like if you're completely honest, you might say, well, my life is, is good, it's okay, but sometimes it feels like God isn't, isn't quite answering my prayers like He answers other people's prayers, or no matter how much I try to do things right, things just don't always seem to go right, they go wrong, or maybe you would even say, I'm a Christian and I've tried to do all the right things and my life is going, it's going okay. I go to church, I, I do my Bible reading with the church every day, I listen to K-Love, I have a mosaic cross on my car, but I have, an, you know, I have an okay job and I have an okay place to live and I go on okay vacations, I've got some okay friends, like I don't feel completely fulfilled, I'm not really very happy. There's got to be a better way. Maybe you've been to another sport or another tournament and commitment after commitment and we're worn out and we think, is there a better way? So today I want to talk to you about a better way. We're going to look at the book. We're going to look at John chapter 14 and Jesus is nearing the end of his life. He knows he's about to be crucified. So he's kind of giving his capstone to his disciples. He's sharing kind of his final lessons with these guys before he's crucified. So we're going to pick up John chapter 14 says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would, have, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So Jesus says, he's telling his disciples, you know the way. You know how to get there. And Thomas raises his hand. Thomas gets a bad rap. He, he has a nickname, Doubting Thomas. He's that guy that always says the wrong thing. He's the one that says what everybody else is thinking, and everyone looks at him and says, man, I can't believe you said that. Do you have somebody like that in your family? But you're kind of happy that they said it because you were wondering too, you know what I mean? That's Thomas, right? So look what Thomas, he raises his hand, and he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? So Jesus says, you guys know the way. And he says, no, we don't. We don't know the way. So Jesus replies with a very famous statement. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a very exclusive statement that Jesus makes here. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are there multiple roads to heaven? Not according to Jesus. Does every religion go to the same place? Not according to Jesus. Well, we all kind of serve, the, I believe we all serve the same God and we'll all end up in the, 
not according to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus is offering a better way. The way you go matters. The way you drive somewhere matters. Does anybody ever try and beat Google Maps on your phone? Because you want to see if you can like, because it matters, right? You want to get there fast. If you're trying to go to Milliken right now from here, that back road is all jacked up. And I'm mad about it because I live right by it and I'm sick of it. Anyway, the way you go matters. How many would agree that the way you say something matters? If you don't know that, it's because you're not married yet. When you get married, you're going to find out the way you say something matters. Like you could say, what are you doing? And that's going to create a certain response. Or you can say, what are you doing? And that's going to create a different response, hopefully. And so one of them is going to create like this. The other one's going to create, okay, anyway, you get what I'm saying, right? The way matters. And if you're a follower of Christ, a lot, oftentimes pastors will focus on the truth part of what Jesus said. And, and the truth is important. The truth will set you free. And we teach our kids, you need to tell the truth. Uh, but let, let me share with you a truth uh, that I'll let you behind the curtain of preaching a little bit, all right? I've been pastoring and preaching for 28 years. And as a younger pastor, I, I figured out that if I wanted to get the room really worked up and get everybody kind of riled up and get them going, all I had to do was preach some truth with no love. I could just preach some truth about, about those people, those sinners. And I could pick a group and I could pick on them and I'd preach about them, not about us, because we're all, you know, saints and, and we're all, you know, we're, we're good Christians, but, but them. And I would say, those guys, and everybody would go, amen, pastor, you tell them. And those guys, and you tell them. And, those, and, and everybody would get all worked up. And you know what I figured out? Jesus never did that. Jesus never called people out and condemned people, except the religious people. So the only people that are really in danger of being condemned by Jesus are the ones in the church. Anyway, okay, all right, let's keep going. Let me tell you a joke. You like it better, right? Jesus didn't go around telling people how messed up they were because they already knew that. What he went around doing was offering them hope, hope for a better life, hope for their future, purpose, and peace with God. That's what Jesus offered. In other words, Jesus offered a better way. When I was far from God, I didn't need someone to tell me how jacked up I was because I already figured that out for myself. What I needed was someone to offer me a better way. You don't have to tell a drowning man he's drowning. Right. Oh, my friend, it seems you have a problem. It seems that you are drowning right now. He already knows that. What he needs is a life vest, right? He needs someone to reach out and grab him by the hand and pull him in. That's why we started this church, so that we could reach people who are drowning. By the way, do you, does anybody know what they called early Christians? Like, if you're doing your Bible reading along with us, I'd love for you to do that. If you go on our website, you can find that. Uh, you can be a part of our Bible reading plan. There's a bunch of us that read a small portion of the New Testament every day, and then people comment on it. But, but they, didn't, they weren't called Christians until Acts chapter 11. But Jesus showed up, and he started this whole new movement, and no one knew what to call it. And so they weren't called Bible thumpers or holy rollers or Jesus freaks. Jesus freaks actually didn't come along until Toby Mac made it popular in the 90s. But anyway, um, let me show you what these... Spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, self-sacrificing, world-changing people were called. 
Now, if you're in your Bible reading plan with us, we read this on Friday. It's Acts chapter 9. It's describing Paul, Saul, who becomes Paul the Apostle. This is what it says. This is Saul. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. They were called followers of the way. Followers of the way of Jesus. It wasn't followers of the truth, they could have said that, or followers of the life. They were followers of the way, the way Jesus lived. We want to live the way Jesus lived. Think about how Jesus lived. So his ministry is blowing up, right? He has thousands of people following him. He's becoming famous. All of his TikToks go viral. He's He's verified on Instagram. He didn't have to pay for it, right? He gets his little blue check marks. Some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but your kids do. Okay, anyway. So Jesus is, is blowing up. But even as his ministry gets bigger and bigger, we don't ever see him rushing or running any place or hurrying. He doesn't seem stressed. He doesn't seem worried. Look, as a matter of fact, in the middle of this thing blowing up, look what he says. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is, life more, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus compares us to birds. And those, so, so Dan and I, we bought a bird feeder for our backyard want to watch birds and it's about this big around and it's about this big and so we filled it with bird seed and it holds like 10 pounds of bird seed did this two days ago and I was like oh this is gonna last probably till next year like this is gonna last forever you know how long it lasted one day those little gluttonous birds came hundreds of them just eating 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 you know how many thank you notes I've gotten so far from those birds I've got a few dive bombs but no thank you notes right God says, these guys don't worry at all because they know I'm going to take care of them. But somehow, we think that God's not going to take care of the stuff that matters to us. And so some of you read that, you're like, do not worry. Okay, I won't worry. I'm just worried about everything all the time. Like, I don't know, my life. <laughs> you know what worrying is? It's simple. It's repeating the same negative thought over and over and over. It's like a scratched record, right? Okay, a record was like a big CD that would play music. A CD was this plastic disc that you'd put in your computer to play music. A computer was like a giant phone that you would put on your desk. And you, okay, you get it, right? When a, when a record is scratched, it just skips and goes over and over and over and over in the same spot like this. Let's all say it together. La Bamba. Okay. Whew. Weren't you holding your breath when that was happening? Because you're like, come on, come on, come on. Get to the next thing. So is God. Whenever we worry and we repeat it over and over and over, God is saying, come on already. Come on. I will take care of you if you'll just 
trust me. You don't have to worry and repeat this over and over in your head because we're all we're doing, it's like you're sitting in your car and you start the car and you put it and then you put it in neutral and then you put and nothing's happening and you're not going anywhere. All you're doing is wearing out the car and you're the car. God has a better way. He says, you don't have to worry. Now, doesn't it sound easy? when you tell someone something and they go, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Because you think, well, well, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. How do you know if it's gonna be fine? Like imagine that, that you needed $500 this week to make your rent, and you tell your best friend, who's a mess just like you are, right? You tell him, I need 500 bucks or I'm gonna get evicted. And your friend says, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. He might be right, he might be wrong, you don't know. But what if that same friend said, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. I just won $25,000 on a scratch-off ticket. I got you. Now there's a person who cares about you that also has the ability to help you telling you why you shouldn't worry. Are you listening? Okay, good. Jesus cares about you and has the ability to help you. And he's telling you, don't worry. If I was the enemy, I would do everything I could to convince you that this doesn't apply to you. I would say this is for everybody else, but not you. I would do my best to steal your peace. Look what the, enemy, the Bible says. The thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. Maybe what the enemy's trying to steal from you is he's trying to steal today by making you worry about tomorrow. He's trying to make your, your mind run and race. He's trying to stress you out so much until you have a really nice bed that you can't sleep in, until you have a really nice house that you can't rest in, until you take really nice vacations that you come home even more tired than when you left because what he's after is your peace. He did, the enemy doesn't want your house. He doesn't want your cars. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your kids. Half the time, you don't want those kids. You know what I mean? What he's after is your peace. So he's going to ruin your life today by making you worry about death tomorrow. In contrast, look at what Jesus says. Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Translation. Jesus says, I will take care of you. So there was a painting done in the 1800s by the German artist Friedrich Rech, and the painting is called The Chess Players. And it's supposed to depict a, a game of chess between the devil on the left and a man on the right. The man on the right is worried because they're playing for his soul. All right, so that's what this painting is. And the, the devil has him in checkmate. In other words, you're trapped. I win. So the man is understandably stressed and worried, and he's doing this. Has anybody else ever done this? Right, you're filling out your bills, and there's still bills left over, but there's no more money. Or those kids, you go, my kids just did what? Oh my God. The marriage has hit a rough spot. Things at work are going crazy. You have so much homework, and you're running out of time, and you're fried, and you're mentally spent. We've all done this. I love the game of chess. Because you move, then I move. And what we're trying to do is, is outthink each other. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to trap each other. I compete in jiu-jitsu 
because it's like a game of chess. It's human chess. You're playing chess with your bodies. By the way, last week, for the first time ever, I got choked unconscious. So if I say something crazy, that's why, all right? <laughs> the goal of chess is simple. You're trying to capture the opponent's king. No, it wasn't Ray that choked me out, so don't think that, okay? <laughs> the chess is simple. All you're trying to do is trap and capture the opponent's king. So you're moving all of your pieces around in order to trap the king, and then it's checkmate. That guy, your opponent, loses. And what we see happening in this painting is the devil is declaring victory on his opponent because he's saying, I've got you trapped, you lose. So this painting hung in the Louvre in the 1800s, but before that, it was hanging in a private home in Richmond, Virginia. And there was this dinner party that was thrown there. The Columbia Chess Chronicle tells this story in 1888. Tells a story of a chess master named Paul Morphy. He was at this dinner party. And he's looking at the painting while he's eating. And they've told the story about it. So he's just looking at, and he's looking at the board. And then halfway through dinner, he stands up and he says, wait a minute. The king still has one more move. The devil thinks he's got him trapped, but it's not true. The king still has one more move. And when the king makes that move, he's actually going to put the enemy in checkmate, and the king is going to win. I came here to tell you that in your life, with your kids, the king still has one more move. With your marriage, the king still has one more move. With your finances, your king still has one more move. With your job, the king still has one more move. It's not over. If you still have breath in your lungs, it's not over yet. The king still has one more move. Look what Romans says. And we know that in all things, everybody say all. God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. In other words, God's plan for your life cannot be defeated by the enemy. That even in attacks, even when things seem to be going bad, God can use even your setbacks for the good of those who love him for you. God can even use your setbacks. But here's the challenge. Your better way might involve a subtraction, not addition. It might involve God removing some things from your life, not adding them. Let me explain. A few years ago, uh, I got this. I was watching TV. And I got this pain in my back, right between my shoulder blades. There's this really sharp pain, and it kind of ran up my neck. And I remember thinking, so this is it, having a heart attack. This is how it ends. Watching TV with a bowl of Fritos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is how they're going to find me, right? Isn't it the things you think about? Or does anybody else do that? OK, anyway. So and after a few minutes, I, I just kind of breathed, and it kind of went away. And I said, oh, that was weird, maybe a cramp in my back. Happened a couple more times, so I went to my doctor. And um, I, this was right around when COVID was running wild and uh, the church, we were all online. There was a lot of, of uncertainty in the world and very stressful time. And my doctor told me, um, your heart is fine. What you're having are anxiety attacks. And I said, that's impossible. I'm a Christian. I trust Jesus. There's no way that's what's happening. It's got to be something else. And the more we talked, and, and you know, it was actually a couple of visits, uh, we determined that's what was happening. I was having anxiety attacks, and that's how it doesn't necessarily come where I'm, you know, hyperventilating. It's just, does my mic keep turning off? Man, that's irritating.
Look how the devil's trying to get you to not hear what God has to say. We have backup mics, devil. So I'm telling, you know, I'm telling this guy, like, there's no way this, that can't be, I can't be having anxiety attacks. And so um, one of the things we talked about, my doctor, was you're carrying more than you were designed to carry. It was one of the statements that we talked about. And um, maybe some of you here, some of you joining online, God has you here because you're carrying more than you were designed to carry. So your better way might involve subtraction, not addition. So here's what Diane started, and then I sat down and we started working on, one of the things we looked at was how we rest. Uh, how do, because everybody rests differently. So we're like, well, maybe we should take a vacation. So we went, we actually went to Cancun, and our plan was to, to lay on the beach. And what I found out was the worst thing someone could possibly do to me was send me to lay on a beach. I'm not that kind of guy. Some of you are. That's not me. I lasted four hours. And then I remember looking at Diane. I stood up. I said, okay, what do you want to do? Like, we, we, we recharge through activity and by doing stuff and going places. And so we actually went and walked around the Sam's Club in Cancun. That's what we did when we were in Cancun. We went to Sam's Club, walked around just like, yeah. We bought these Toy Story toys that talked, but they said everything in Spanish. So the trash guy, Forky, he goes, yo soy basura. It was, I thought it was awesome. Anyway, so it's not in my notes, but. Another thing we decided was we were going to subtract some of the work I do and replace it with our vacation time that we hardly ever use. Uh, what, I, what I've done in the past is whenever I would have vacation time, people invite me to speak at other churches. So I, during my vacations, I would speak at other churches. And I, sub, I subtracted, I stopped doing that. And so now, instead of speaking 50 or 52 Sundays a year, I speak about 40. God's better way for me was involving subtraction, not addition. We very, very closely guard our day off because, it's Fridays, by the way, because um, I can't carry more than I was designed to carry. God rested after six days, but somehow Angel Flores thought he didn't have to. Isn't that stupid when I say it out loud? You should say that with your name in it. Anyway. So, so sometimes people get upset with me or disappointed with me. Uh, we, we want you to do a funeral this Friday. I'm sorry, I can't. We want you to speak at this thing on Friday. I'm sorry, I can't. Pastor Angel, I called you on Friday. I know, I saw it. I'll call you back on Monday. If you're, let me share with you something I, I share with young leaders. If you're leading anything, you lead anything, you're gonna disappoint somebody. Someone's gonna be disappointed with your decisions, with your leadership. So you better decide up front who you're willing to disappoint. And I decided up front, I am not gonna disappoint my wife by telling her I'm doing something on my day off that she doesn't wanna do. So I'd rather disappoint you than disappoint her. Is that fair? So as a matter of fact, the staff know not to call me on Friday. What if the church is burning down? I'm not a firefighter. <laughs> like, call them. I'll, I'll come in on Saturday and check it out, figure it out. But God had to subtract some things from me. I, I struggle with workaholicism. I love what I do. I love this. I love doing this. I love speaking in other places. I love speaking in schools. I quit doing that too because it was too much. I, I don't speak in schools anymore. God's better way for you might involve subtraction not addition. Another thing I did is I met with other pastors of churches larger than ours who had been through our stage 
and I asked them uh, different questions, and we, one of the, those meetings resulted in us restructuring our staff. So now instead of nine people reporting to me, I only have three. I was subtracting. Now I love doing that stuff, but I was carrying more than I was designed to carry. Another thing that we had to, I had to deal with, um, a few years ago I started this, me and Aaron Chambers started this network of pastors called the Connect uh, Leadership Network, and there were pastors from all over the country. Every week we'd have about 25 guys on a Zoom call, and we were coaching, collaborating, and doing soul care. I loved being a part of leading that. As a matter of fact, one of the, the men that's in this picture, his church is in, in uh, Florida. He's here with us. He's on his sabbatical right now, and so he wanted to come and see what God was doing here at Mosaic. That's him. Ross and Tina Runnels are right there. Thanks for being here, guys. I loved helping to lead this, and maybe someday God will return me to that, but right now I had to resign from that because I could only carry so much. So even things that I loved, I had to let go because God's best is better than your good. God's best for your life is better than you're good enough and you're okay. He has a better plan for you, and for some of us, it's gonna result in subtraction. So we're gonna pray. And I, I know some, there are probably people in this room whose ribs are all bruised up because someone next to him is like, he's talking to you. you you're doing too much. You're doing too much. No, nah, let's not worry about them. Let's worry about you. Let's, let's look at you. All right? Because isn't that so easy? Man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. Yeah, well, they're not here. But you're here. And that was God's plan. Right? So let's pray. Father, God, you know every, you know better than we do all of the stuff on, that we're carrying, all of the different things on our plate. So Lord, this morning we lay it all before you and we give you the permission, not just the permission, we ask you, would you show us what to subtract? What are we doing that we shouldn't be doing? How do we lighten our own load? Forgive us, God, for taking on more than we were designed to carry. We want your better way for our lives. We want to walk the way of Jesus. We trust you, Lord. Show us what to do and give us the grace and the strength and the guts to let go of things we shouldn't be carrying. Put our faith and trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the into the church today feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, burdened, while I'm telling you the one thing that you can add to your life to take away that burden is Jesus. And so that, ex that starts by accepting him in your heart as your Lord and Savior. And so the whole reason that Mosaic Church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And so we are going to say a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about these words, but it's rather your heart behind it. And so I'm going to ask just every person in this room, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes and just repeat after me. God, I believe that you love me. I know I'm a sinner. 
and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. Today I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for him from this day forward. In your name we pray, amen. If you said that prayer today, I wanna to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I am so excited for you. You may be seated. If you did happen to say that prayer today, I would ask that you would just do one simple thing for me. If you would take out your smartphone and scan this QR code that is back here and just click on new believer. You're, you will also be able to find that, that QR code on one of the backs of the, the seat backs in front of you. And that is just so that we can help you on that salvation journey. We just wanna send you a gift in the mail just to help you on that journey and just to let you know that we are here for you. Um, also, if this is your first time here at Mosaic or if you are just new to Mosaic, we're just so happy that you decided to join us today. If you would also scan that QR code and just click on new to Mosaic, we just wanna send you some more information about our church how you can get involved and uh, just answer any questions that you may have. If you're more com comfortable with text, you can text welcome to 970-478-8898. Or if you're saying, hey, none of those things work for me, I'm horrible with te technology, you can go to our info cart and they would be more than happy to help you there. Um, we have a couple quick announcements. So on July 13th, we have a men's outing. I don't know, but I think this is one of the first ones that we've had here. And so it is going to be a great event. Uh, it's July 13th, 7 p.m. and the males are going to go hatchet throwing. I guess they're going to get out some of their pent up, you know, pent up rage or who knows. Either way, if you need to get some, of your pent-up aggression out, uh, go ahead and sign up. If you'd like to sign up, you can sign up uh, via email with chuck at greedymosaic.com and there's some flyers at the info part. Also, ladies, we have something for you. Our Refresh Women's Retreat is coming up soon, August 26th, woohoo, ladies. Um, I don't know about you, but every time I have come to one of these events, it has been so refreshing. It's a time to have community with the different ladies in the church. We are a big church, so there are a lot of ladies that we don't get to uh, speak to. But at these events, we get to know each other, we get to talk, us ladies, we love to talk, and we're just able to have a good time. We have an amazing speaker coming. I promise you, you do not want to miss it. And so if you'd like to do that, we have a table in the foyer where you can sign up. And we also have a QR code where you're able to sign up through. And that is going to be August 26th. Now with that, we're going to just continue with our worship, with our giving. Uh, if you'd like to give today, you can give in person. There's a black box in the foyer. You can give online at greelymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321. Or you can give on the Church Center app. You know, um, Mosaic Church is a generous church. We love to give, but the only way that we are able to make an impact in our community 
is through you. And so I just encourage you to continue to be generous in your giving. That way we can make a difference in our community in Colorado and wherever God enables us to do that. And so we're just going to pray over this morning's tithe and offering and I'll just be praying to dismiss us. And so, dear Jesus, I, I just thank you, Lord God, for this offering. I thank you for your church and I thank you for the generous hearts of your church, for the hearts that are looking to make a difference in this community. I just pray, Lord God, that you would use this offering, multiply it, Lord God, use it to bring more people into your kingdom and to make a difference in their lives, Father. And I just pray, Lord God, today, Lord Jesus, that this message that we've heard, Lord God, that we would just take it to heart, that we would begin to have margin in our lives, that you would show us those areas that we need to subtract in, Lord God to give more room for you, Father. We love you, we praise you today, amen. If you would need additional prayer, we are going to have a prayer team up here in the front and they would love to pray with you. If not, have a wonderful 4th of July week and we will see you next week.